0: Hi, this is Angelana. Welcome to another edition of Sadistically Speaking. This is episode 43, The Key to a Long Life. Go outside and have multiple sex partners. Now, I grew up in Wisconsin and lived through the winters there. uh, From basically from December through March, you usually were dealing with piles of snow. And it was a little depressing because you couldn't go outside without bundling yourself up like Ralphie in A Christmas Story. And while everyone's like fresh snow is so beautiful, it is. But once it sits there, it becomes dirty and dark and the whole scene is bleak. But honestly, it wasn't that bad. Until April. The worst part of Wisconsin winters is that the snow will melt in April. The sun will come out and we'll all run outside in a glorious debauchery of celebration of spring. Then in late April, there'll be another snowstorm and that is when you become fucking depressed. No, I made it through. Please don't make me go back inside and pull out my winter clothes. Now, the reason I mention this is because the current Delta variant and a rise in COVID cases in the U.S. has led to discussions of going back to previous measures of face mask mandates, social distancing, and even lockdowns. We all know that mental health suffered in the last year under COVID restrictions and that depression rates went up. And once the data are all in, we're likely to see there was a big increase in the suicide rate, especially given all the unexplained non-COVID deaths in the millennial age range. Something I discussed back in episode 20 of this podcast. So imagine what the impact of returning to those restrictions would have on mental health. Like an April snowstorm. I personally would lose my shit. And that is a professional clinical psychology term. Now, before this happens, shouldn't we at least look at the data to see if it worked the first time? There's a lot we know now. For instance, there have been studies such as the one by MIT professors Bazant and Bush back in April. It suggested that social distancing guidelines were fairly arbitrary and probably not effective. Uh, We now know that the virus is mostly spread airborne as opposed to surfaces. So it, the time you're in an enclosed area, an enclosed area with someone who is sick, that's the most important risk factor. And that's what their models show. That's way more important than if you're six feet away. The six feet away rule is, is, is dumb. And it's as dumb as back in the day when they allowed smoking on planes and they had a smoking section in the back and a non-smoking section in the front of the airplane. And who the fuck thought that allowing people only to smoke in the back of the plane allow people to in a smoke-free environment in front of the plane. Those people apparently have never smelled stuff coming out of the bathrooms in an airplane. It's all the same air. In fact, because we're socially distancing when we go to the grocery store, it likely meant that we were in the store longer because we would wait for someone to get out of the aisle before we went and got our toaster strudel. And this actually would have increased our risk of exposure because we're breathing this air with all the other petri dishes for a longer period of time. Now, the recognition that COVID can be spread by small aerosol particles now, as opposed to someone having to hack up a snot ball in your face, also makes it clear that most masks that people wore during the pandemic are far less protective than were being presented. Okay, but the real question is what about the lockdowns? Back in episode 24 of this podcast, I went through comparisons of states with strong lockdowns and those who did less, and the number of cases and deaths, and there's no clear advantage for the lockdown at looking at those data. Now, based on some modeling work and results across different countries done by Orbi et al. back in February 2021, they did show that having a well-timed initial lockdown can lower the peak of cases, that is how big the peak gets, while extending how long the pandemic will last. And we were all told that. Remember the graphs we got at first? There's the peak thing, and then there's the, no, it spreads out a long period of time, and we're told, well, the lockdown will make sure that the hospitals are not overburdened, but then we'll be in the pandemic longer. But once those initial peaks are gone and the hospitals are fully geared up, there was no reason to continue the lockdown. And that's what the modeling shows. A well initial timed lockdown and then after that it doesn't matter. But they did it anyway. So here we are and cases are increasing and there's a suggestion for the need of lockdowns. But hospitals are now geared up and we have an especially low uh, flu season in terms of it's very weak. So there's not really a call for lockdown. So why do people still talk about it? I think one reason why is that people think it's logical, it's common sense common sense that staying at home makes you much less likely to get the virus. That just seems logical, completely, if you only think about it for a few seconds. Because if you think about it for a while, the logic goes out the door. And let me give you an analogy of such a logical, well-held view. And that is, monogamy prevents STDs. That is, your chance of getting an STD is much lower if you are in a monogamous relationship then if you sleep around. That has to be true, right? Nope. There's a variety of studies that have shown that people in a monogamous relationship have the same level of STDs as those in non-monogamous relationships. In some cases, in fact, when you control for other variables, the risk for monogamous couples can actually be higher. You're saying, how can that be? What the hell is going on? Has to be because everyone 's a fucking cheating asshole, right? probably, but let's think this through further. There are two main likely reasons uh why monogamy is not effective to protect against stds and they 're both relevant for the discussion with covid. The first is because STds are spread probabilistically that is if you have sex with someone who has an STd you 're not going to automatically get it you don't Put your dick in and it explodes, as Eddie Murphy once claimed. <laughs> the probabilities, in fact, of you getting an STD in unpro- one unprotected sex are actually fairly low. They're hard to estimate, but uh, the common estimates is that you get a, about a 4% chance of a male getting herpes from a female with one time of unprotected sex. Okay, so when you're sleeping around, think about this, sleeping around different people, there's a chance every person you encounter has herpes. Again, we don't actually know the real prevalence, but the World Health Organization says it's around 13%. So, each one unprotected one night stand means there's a 13% chance that that person has the disease. Okay? And then, let's say a four to 5% chance that you would contract it from that person who has it, if they had it. You can do the math. You just multiply them together, but that's okay. It works out to mean that your chances, if you're just sleeping around, each time of getting the disease is 0.65% chance because not everybody's going to have it. And those people who have it. You don't ma- automatically catch it from them. All right. Now, if you sleep with 50 people, different people unprotected because you're a whore, the risk increases and it gets up to about, that would be about a one-third chance of getting herpes. So about 33%. Okay, now you are monogamous. You only have sex with each other. I mean, physically, you only have sex with each other. I don't know who you're fucking in your head. Anyway, it, if neither of you has herpes, then neither gets it. But if one of you does, let's say it's an undiagnosed herpes or a missed test, or they don't tell you. And all those things are estimated to be quite possible because the testing isn't that good and there's a lot of people who have it without symptoms and don't get tested. So there's a possibility. might be low. But if one of you has it, the chance of the other person getting it is pretty much 100% because you're continually having sex with a person who has that disease. So let's say the transmission rate is 5% then the chance is almost 100% you're going to get it if you have sex 20 times. So you're playing off. I'm going around. Somebody might have it. I probably won't get it if I have it. Versus if the person has it, I'm getting it. And those probabilities work out to be pretty much even. But just those probabilities are even. But the risks are actually worse than this. Because in many studies, and one is, for instance, LaMiller 2015, They've gone around surveyed monogamous and non-monogamous couples, and monogamous couples are far less likely to practice safe sex practices, uh, such as wearing condoms, getting regular STD tests. They're less likely. And of course that's true. They didn't need to do a survey. If I said, hey, monogamous people in monogamous relationships less often use condoms and get tests for STD, they're like, of course that's true. People in monogamous relationships <laughs> Monogamous relationships also have more sex than the um, hunter-gatherers. So the amount of unprotected sex with monogamous couples versus Doug Douchebag who's sleeping around, it's actually much higher for the monogamous couple. And that, of course, increases the risk of any transmission. And as a result, we have the data showing that monogamy is not an effective way to protect someone from an STD. Now, I know what you're thinking thinking, but if we have only ever had sex with each other in our lives, then our risk of carrying an STD is very, very low. And that's true. And for that one couple that met each other's virgins and have never cheated on each other for 30 years, you can probably breathe a sigh of relief. I mean, you sound really boring and I don't want to meet you, but you're unlikely to have an STD and you're probably also related to each other. So let's go back to my original point. The reason to suspect that lockdowns are not effective is because if you're in a house with someone who has the coronavirus, you're almost certain to be infected with it because you're breathing the same air as them every day in an enclosed space, and that's the number one risk factor. You're at more risk than the sluts who are out enjoying themselves at the beach with thousands of other people. Secondly, you are unlikely to follow other guidelines with the people in your house, like wearing masks and social distancing and always washing your hands or whatever. To the extent that those help, you're not protecting yourself from any case that might be in your house. So as with monogamy and STDs, staying in your home is not an effective strategy for limiting your chance of being infected with the coronavirus. So no lockdowns, please. It's detrimental to our mental health. And it's keeping us from meeting each other, meeting other people, so we can have wanton sex and lower our risk for an STD. Pass the tequila. Out!